Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Friday. I hope you have had yourself the most amazing, amazing, amazing week. If you could tell, my voice is not at 100%, but it is definitely a lot more livelier. You know, it's there, it's doing what it needs to do for this podcast. So if this is your first time tuning in to podcasts of Conversations with Toy, welcome. It is not a mistake. It's not by accident that you have stumbled upon this podcast. I hope that whatever we are talking about will either make you think, it will shed light, it will help you to get your mental health and your and your mindset together, sometimes laugh. We will talk about things that are happening in the internet streets, all of the things, and we are glad to have you here in this space. It's another Friday. We've made it through another week, and we are that much closer to the holiday season. If you are struggling with the holidays, because I want to say this, people are going to say, why do you keep talking about the holidays? Why do you keep bringing this up? Why do you keep talking about it in the forms of mental health? Well, we all know that for the majority, and what I mean by majority, I'm not talking about numbers. Whenever there's going to be the most time when it's the most sensitive, when it's going to be the time where it's the most stressful, when it's going to be a time where people's feelings may be hurt because they're dealing with past trauma and family and friends and different things, I'm here to tell you the time that they're going to deal with that is going to be around the holidays. If you've lost a loved one, somebody near and dear to your heart, somebody who was the foundation of your life and your world, and they're not here, when the holidays come, it's a gentle reminder. It's not even a gentle reminder. It's just a bold-faced reminder of their absence in your life. You want to spend time with them. You wish you had more time with them. You want them near you, and it's not possible. And so this time of the year is the most stressful. It's not about being stressful just because of gifts and buying and turkey dinners and all those things, although that does happen as well. It's about the lack of being around people. I, for one, have talked about this numerous times. There was a point in time where I had to take a break, take a break from my family, take a break from a few friends. And I know at the time it looked extremely problematic. Let me repeat that again. During the time that I took my break from certain family and friends, it looked extremely problematic. Let me also say there was a lot of problematic things that I had participated in, meaning that there were conversations that were said as much as I wanted to fight against the grain. There were things that people said about me that were true and I had to eat that, right? And while eating that, as people say, I had to also get me together. What were the things that I needed to do to be a better human, right? It never mattered to me, at least not now. At the time, it, it was like a big sting. Like I didn't want to receive that message that maybe that person could be wrong because I didn't like the person. Let's, let's be real. I did not like the persons by which the comment came from. And so when you don't like someone and they give you something that even if it's like, you know, you really needed to hear that or it's something that really is the truth, you don't receive the message because you don't like the messenger, right? And we always say, you know, it doesn't matter about the messenger. It just matters about the message. 
let's play a little bit of, we won't say devil's advocate, but let's play both sides. At the end of the day, sometimes the messenger does matter. When you have someone who is telling you that you should do 99 things, but you see the 115 that they won't do, it does matter. If somebody is putting themselves in a position that they are a guru of whatever it is that they're talking about, they are now the master of you. Like they know everything about you. So now they're giving you this information and they want you to do whatever it is that they want you to do. You will get sick and tired of hearing a certain message when it comes from the wrong messenger. And this is why I say I had to learn for myself that I had to be the first partaker of, instead of pointing my fingers out about what somebody else did to me, what somebody else said to me, it probably is true. Whatever they said and done was probably right. But there was 20 million things that I said and I've done to contribute to that conversation. But do you know what that takes to get to that place when you can accept your wrongdoing and then take that, that step back and, and work on you? That takes growth. And you cannot grow where you're not willing to tread in the mud of dealing with yourself. I had to tread in the mud of dealing with some things that were said about me to me, even to my face. I had some people say some things to my face. I had to take accountability. Accountability is one of those big words that one of my, I think my youngest daughter is learning to spell, but it's hard. Some grown people, first of all, don't know how to spell it. Let me just put that out there too. And then secondly, they don't know the true definition. And even if they know the definition, don't know how to apply accountability to your actual life. Accountability doesn't mean, well, yeah, I know I'm wrong, but when you say I'm wrong, but you're not taking accountability. It's I'm wrong. Stop. Full period. Stop. I am wrong. And this is what I plan to do to either fix my wrong or I'm wrong, but I'm not willing to fix that right now. I wish we could get adults to say that I'm wrong, but I don't want to fix that right now because I feel like in saying that, forgive my sound behind me. I feel like in saying that you take full responsibility and saying to yourself, I just don't want to change. And I feel like as a person who I am, I grew up in a household where my mother was extremely direct. There was no if, ands, or buts. There was no gray. There was no, well, she might have meant it was, this is what she said, and that is what she meant. My dad too. But I can respect. I grew up in a house where it was just bold to say what you needed to say, and you kind of let the chips fall down where they may. And with accountability, we also understand that not everybody is in the same place at the same time in their journey. For me, when I remove myself from everybody... I said this last week on the last week's episode, I believe, or the week before. It was from a place of being really pissed off. Like There's just no other way around it. I was mad. I didn't want to have nothing to do with all the people that were involved. Whether they was involved indirectly or directly, I just didn't have nothing to do with them. I had completely was ready to, not even ready to cut. I cut them off. I cut off access. I cut off access to people first on social media, but I also cut off access in real life. So I, I, I figured that we, some people struggle with the two meaning of that. If you're cutting off people on social media, but you're still having them have access to you, there's something wrong with that. Like when I cut people off, it's usually because I've already cut them off social media and I won't even talk or deal with you in real life. So when I see you, I'm going to say hi, I'm going to say bye, I'm going to be very cordial and respectful, but when I don't have access to you, when I have a party for my child, I'm not inviting you. When you're texting me and calling me, you don't have access to it because I've already blocked your phone. I don't want any interaction with you, and I'm very clear about that. 
And people say all the time how that's not healthy and you shouldn't do that. Maybe not. But at the time, a couple years ago, that I was about that life. Now, you also have to understand, too, I think people are shocked and moved by people who cut people off because it's something that they wanted to probably do to somebody but didn't have the, the, the cojones to do so. I'm not that person. You know, my mother and father, and more, I'll say more my mother, and this is not a my mom, my mom, but it's just that I've had more time with my mom than I've had with my dad, who is my stepfather, which is aka my dad. And my mother was just that type of person where I've seen her leave whole houses. When I tell you she would, listen, don't get on her bad side. She could pack up in a hot second. And I have elements of that right now you may say that could come from trauma because she was in survival mode listen my mother probably was in survival mode i can't even fathom the things that she has had to do to make sure that we had or when the times that she tried to make things happen and failed and felt like she couldn't you know make certain things happen i couldn't even imagine how she felt doing those things right i just couldn't but in spite of that when you're around that environment when you have a, a, a parent that will show you better than they can tell you or they they get tired of you. They'll just up and roll. Like my mom wasn't a talker. She was a doer. So it wasn't that you should be concerned when she was talking and she's in your face. You're safe, right? You know where she's going to be. You kind of know where you can get it, where you can fit in. It's when my mother got quiet that you needed to figure that out. And being around her for so long isn't it's necessarily a bad thing because I feel like as a woman now, I've had instances where I've had to do that and it made sense. And as much as people used to say, well, you know, that's just crazy. Why would you just up and root a child? You know, kids, they bounce back a lot quicker than adults give them credit. Now, I'm not telling you to have your child in an unsafe environment or have your child in an unstable environment just because kids can take it. That's not what I'm saying. So let's just go ahead and hear what our good ear. What I am saying is in situations where it's tumultuous, where you have no choice but to do certain things. It's kids do try to recover. And again, there is trauma. I've gone through therapy and I've gone through those different things. But when it came to certain instances of my life where I've had to pack up and leave or I've had to um, walk away from somebody, I won't say that it made it easier, but it made it it was a normality for me. So when people will say things to me as a child, and I don't even mean like my parents, I'm talking about like aunts, uncles, cousins and grandparents and you know, friends and just people in my circle that will say, if you do such and such and such, I'm not going to deal with you. If you do certain such and such and such, I'm going to leave you. If you do certain such and such, I'm going to walk away. You can't say that to somebody who's used to, unfortunately, dealing with that. Now, I'm not saying that I'm dealing with that was like, you know, a good thing. I'm just telling you that you cannot threaten isolation to someone who's had isolated moments because when you put somebody in who's used to or have had incidents of isolation and you threaten them or you threaten their livelihood or you threaten them in any type of way it's not gonna it may not give you the response that you're thinking and so when I walked away from family from a few friends and I isolated myself it didn't ice again I isolated because I was mad and I isolated myself because I knew how if I if I removed myself from it I could protect myself now what was I protecting myself from acknowledging that I actually had real feelings that were hurt this is probably the first time I've actually said this out loud outside of my therapist let me say that again you know when you in a certain environments, it's not always easy to say I was in pain because you made me feel a certain way or I felt rejected because you didn't do certain things. I had to relearn how to communicate my needs and wants and had to learn how to say and be vulnerable enough to say that I'm hurt. 
Be vulnerable without the expectation that somebody else was going to fix the problem either, right? And so all the times that I've ever walked away from somebody, all the times where I felt like I had to just get up and go, oftentimes I realized as I got older, once I've gotten through therapy, that oftentimes it was basically... Um, a situation where I needed to feel like I needed to protect myself and I was very hurt. And when you're in pain and when people hurt you and you feel like they're hurting you over and over again. Now, I don't know if you know, but I'm a Taurus. And so Taurus signs are the type of people that will put up with a lot of things, right? You can say, get away with a lot of things that they kind of put up their tolerances up for a little bit. But once they've reached their threshold, they will literally, it's like they fell off the face of the earth. They will not deal with you or they'll get in your face and say what they have to say and then walk away as if they never did it and just like not talk to you. So at least from my tourist life, that's how I am. And again, learning to be vulnerable enough to say that, but I say all that to say that I had to also take accountability. That is a word where people struggle with what that means and they don't know how to apply it in your life. But you can't take accountability when you say, well, I did this because you like anything that I've ever said and any of the things that I've ever done, they may have been rooted by some hurt, right? They may have been rooted by some pain. They may have been rooted by something that happened in my life that made me feel like it was okay, justified and saying and doing. But at the end of the day, Accountability says, regardless of what that other person said, what that other person did, you said and you did because it was comfortable for you to say it. It was inside of you to say, and maybe you took that occasion to say it because you've been wanting to say that your whole life. Now that's growth. If that ain't no growth, that is some real growth. Because when you start to really take accountability, instead of saying, well, I did this because you made me do, you made me say, you made me react. Nobody can make you say Nobody can make you do, nobody can make you interact or react to things that's not inside of you if it wasn't there, right? You can be, and, and this is the thing, there's a difference between setting someone straight when they need to be set straight, right? Or being nasty or rude or inconsiderate, or when we have these Karens that we have going around this world, people will say, well, I was hungry or I didn't have my medication because that's what made me do it. No, accountability says, listen, I said that. I have to own that. This is what I said. And this is what I did. That's why people are so mad about this whole Karen thing. But this is the thing. This is the thing. It's always been there. You can't, you can't, medication has never, there's, you ever read a medicine bottle? Have you ever just taken the time to read the medicine bottle, right? Every time I get a prescription since I've gotten older, like when I was younger, I just took whatever. It's like, whatever, I've got a headache. I'm taking this Tylenol and we just going to be all right, right? But now that I've gotten older, I've realized, one, I have some allergies that I can't be mixing stuff with. That's number one. Number two, I'm very particular about what I put into my body. I have a whole, like like a holistic doctor that they, they don't just treat symptoms, right? We find out the whole kit and caboodle. Why are you feeling this way? Is this attached to this? So when you have a holistic doctor, you look at medication and look at lifestyles and look at different things completely different. And... I don't just put everything in my body. So when I read medications, I always look at what are the symptoms? There's no symptoms for racism that you can just say, I took a medication and this was my, uh, my adverse reaction was racism. There's never been anything on a, on a pill bottle that says that, right? I haven't yet to read a pill bottle that says may make you racist. If you take this, 
right? It may make you to be a belligerent person if you do. And this is why the side effects of taking accountability will make you own what you've said. It will make you own who you are. And this is the thing. Sometimes that doesn't feel good. I'm going to tell you like this. Maybe it's just me, but for me, when I have to take accountability for something I said and I've done, and I take a real deep look into the things that I've put into the atmosphere and just things that I didn't handle my business right, or I wasn't definitive when I said it, or I wasn't as gentle as I needed to be maybe with my child, or I have to take ownership in that. And that hurts to say you're wrong, man, that's humbling. It's a humbling feeling to say you're wrong. And this is why I never talk about things that has happened to me now that I've had this accountability moment. And now that I've had certain things that have happened in my life, I've taken ownership of it. And so now I just put it where it needs to be. Like, I don't mind calling out that something happened about A, B, and C about somebody, right? I don't mind that. But I also say, hey, but I did A, B, and C because this is what I chose to say and do. I no longer have to say, well, you made me say it because we're not ventriloquists, right? We act like we are, but we are not. We are responsible for the things that we say. We are responsible for the things that we do. We have to be responsible in our reactions. We have to make sure that when we do certain things is because we truly want to say it or do it. We can doctor that up any way we want to. We can make an excuse because it feels good to say that it's someone else's fault for why you are messed up or why you are this certain way. But accountability, that big long word that people struggle to spell correctly, put little, don't put enough I's, don't put enough L's, like people don't spell it correctly. But the reality of it is, is that accountability will humble you. So I had to go through some humbling years. For the first few years of separating myself from family and friends, I was on my rah-rah, right? In the beginning, I think it took almost six months into like me deciding that I was not coming around. I wasn't dealing with these certain people. I wasn't coming around. I'm not talking to them. They don't have no access. They're blocked. When I tell you I blocked my blocking hand, be strong. At some point, I even changed my number. Now, I did change my number not because of the, the situation. I actually changed my number because... um I, I lived in Philadelphia. I didn't want a 717 number. My family here has a Philadelphia number. So I, I was like, listen, I'm finally accepting that I live here. For the first, oh my God, I moved here and my daughter was barely two years old. She is 13 now. When I tell you that I was going back home every week, and when I say back home, I'm talking about my small town. I was going back home every week because I could never, like, I never wanted to, like, get comfortable staying here. I didn't want to make new friends. I didn't want to meet new people. I had every excuse in the book. Well, I'm a new mom, and then I was pregnant, and I had my second child. I had every excuse. So... When I finally came to the realization that Philadelphia was going to be my new home and realizing what that meant, I finally started to get fruits and that's what made me change my number because I was fighting it for so long. I only came here because my fiance at the time, um, we wanted to raise our kids together and it just made sense. And so, you know, I was just like, well, this is what we're going to have to do. But in the same token, I did not want to get my roots here. Like in the beginning, like I kind of wanted to say like, oh, I'm from Philly because it sounded good, but I didn't want to do the, like, I just didn't want to do what I needed to do. So once I took accountability, started making Philadelphia my actual home, started to put roots here, started to get acclimated here, put the energy into making this again, you know, what I needed it to be, then it made it easier, but I had to take responsibility and accountability go together.
responsibility and accountability will go hands in hands. You cannot have one without the other because accountability is rooted in responsibility. If you're saying I'm accountable and I'm taking accountability, but you're still pointing the finger out as to why, then you have not become accountable. You may have taken responsibility for your part, but if you're still saying I still did because you, then you're not taking accountability. So can you be responsible and take responsibility without taking accountability? Yes, but for the two to go together, if you're saying that you're fully accountable for the things that you have said or done wrong, then you have to be willing to take responsibility and accountability. And you got to stop doing that because somebody else. This is just the word of the week because I feel like, you know, this week I was tried on that. So this week I had someone who I know, I won't say my relationship to them, but what I say is that they made a really interesting, almost, well, let's not say almost, it was a racial comment. And this is the thing, they are a minority as well, right? They are a minority, made a very much racial comment. And I was taken back because I've known them forever and a day. They're very much connected to me in some type of way. And I could have made this a bigger deal. I could have outed them out. I could have done those things. I chose not to because I know that at the end of the day, that it's, it's obviously how they feel. And so I'm not here to do a renegade where I'm going to save the world. Like I can't save everybody because everybody has to go through their journey on their own. She is aware that she said it. She tried to uh, double back it or backtrack it. It's not going to work. Um, and so now it's, it's, it's the journey, right? It's their personal journey. Just like when I went through my stuff, it was my personal journey. I had to go through that. I had to figure out what worked for me, what didn't work for me, why, you know, I said certain things. And so that's a personal journey for me to even put it out and say, this is what this person said and specifically put the person out. I don't feel like it was going to, you know, I know this is a generation of screenshots. I could have put the screenshot out. It ended this whole, like, it wasn't a battle, but I could have just put the screenshot out and just walked away, like dropped the mic, right? But I had to ask myself, what was it going to, what was going to be the outcome of that? Did I think that by putting the screenshot out, that was going to make that person change their racist ways? No, not at all. And so it is what it is. That's a journey that they have to take. But again, accountability and responsibility have to go together for you to see real change in your life and you can be responsible for the things that you say but if you're not willing to take full accountability the struggle to get to that point is going to be a personal long journey i felt like i've been walking in the wilderness for so many years until i went to therapy i felt like i was dodging certain situations in my life certain triggers in my life that i wasn't willing to talk about things that i was having going on that i tried to act like it didn't happen and i'm gonna tell you the best thing and the worst thing that happened to me and which caused me to actually go to therapy was having my first child having my child made me know i need to take my butt to therapy i actually started the process before she came like how am i supposed to feel like hugging this baby how do i show her love how do i be gentle with her how do i show her that i care i mean outside of taking care of her you know daily needs of feeding her clothing her and changing her how do i do that i started that process before she was even born i recognized that i needed it and i started the process before she was born and a lot of people don't even know that like i'm sure if my parents are listening they're going to be like you started therapy back then yeah i actually did because i didn't feel like i had the capability to love another human like to love another human by which i was responsible for i loved certain men that had been in my life i loved boyfriends and different people that came into my life and it was easier to love an adult 
But it's something different about loving a child that you're responsible for because it's not grafted in sexual nature. It's a beautiful, unbridled love. It's, a, it's the most purest love that you can have. And that pure love needs a pure person or a person that's willing to do the work to be pure, to give them the love that they need. You know, I can't start yelling at my toddler in this angry, like, you know, you dropped the cup. Like I was watching something on um, TikTok and listen, TikTok is a lot of things happening on TikTok. I've said this before, but if you want to have a good, you know, laugh or a good accountability, like in your face, go to TikTok. Sometimes they be airing people. They will clear a room, but there was a baby. She had to be a toddler, I would say. So she was learning how to pour a liquid from one cup into another cup. That's like a skill set. You know, kids don't really know how to do that, obviously, right? And in the, the learning process, the woman was showing her daughter doing it. And she was just simply saying, if my if I would have done that with my mom or if I would have done that with my dad, they would have yelled at me. Well, a lot of that has to do with the fact of, you know, parents feeling like you're wasting milk if you're pouring it from one situation to another and you spill it. But also remembering that a child who doesn't know how to do that would spill it like it's a normal reaction for them to spill it instead of them being yelled at because they spilled a cup that if we just be honest they're going to spill right they haven't mastered how to pour one liquid into another cup but it's little examples like that that i was like i don't know if i'm ready to be able to do that like i don't know if i can do that could my daughter could my toddler pour water from one cup to another and i not feel like I wanted to yell or get angry because a child is learning something that they haven't mastered. And it was because of my thought process. This was before I even seen this TikTok. This, I mean, obviously I just seen this TikTok recently in the last couple of weeks, but just that thought process of I'm now responsible for this baby. And this baby came into this world with issues. Like she had breathing issues and things that she had to do, but beyond taking care of her, like, can I nurture her? Like, could I be a nurturing mother to this person and I had to go to therapy. Once she came, I still struggled. Like I took the classes and I took the parenting classes and I learned some skills, but I still struggled, right? And so then after I think I got pregnant with the second child, then I was like, okay, these things I'm still struggling in. You know, we all gonna as parents, you're gonna struggle no matter how many you know classes you take, no matter how much therapy you're gonna go. Every day is a learning curve, but I also had to learn a valuable lesson. Even though my daughter was at the time wasn't old enough to understand, I humbled myself and apologized. And that's not something that I ever really saw growing up. I didn't see many parents taking accountability for the things that they said. Like you yelled at your child and you found out that you were wrong, but you wouldn't go back and say, I was sorry. You'd be like, well, you knew what I meant. Like, that's not okay. Right. So after I had the second child is when I really learned to really become more accountable and to have responsibility and to learn to humble myself and not just say the words, I'm sorry, but to change my behavior because I can't have them mirror. If they mirrored what I'm giving, I always tell myself, I have to raise them for my grandchildren because whatever I'm doing to them, saying to them, acting towards them, then they will do the same to possibly to my grandchildren, right? And so I'm not doing this just for them, but I'm also mirroring the good behavior so that their kids will have a chance too, because that will happen. Like not everybody is given to think, oh, I should do better. So if I see I'm yelling at my kid, like I have to do this, like not everybody's like that. 
And so that has been my, my walk in these last couple of years. Like I put the energy and work in so that I can be a better human, like a better human, regardless if other people ever saw it. Like I was not concerned about getting my shine for somebody to say, oh my gosh, she's done so much changing. Cause I'm gonna have a little newsflash. You can go to all the therapy in the world and there will still be people who will never accept the new you because it's not in them to accept. It's better for them to see you the same old, same old, because they get to hold on to their excuses and not take that good old accountability for how they've mistreated you or how they've done certain things. So for me, I just do the work. I do the own personal work because it's in me to do it. And I owe myself to walk this earth and live in peace. I owe it to myself to have my children not be physically afraid of me because I'm so mean or I'm so yelling or I'm so unloving. Like I owe that to them. That That's what they're owed. They did not ask to come here. We brought them here by our wonderful, you know, fun in the sun and doing our thing, but it's also a full responsibility. And this is why I'm always team. If you're not ready to have children, do not have them. Take your time because it's more than just struggling to make ends meet. It's more than just putting food on the table. It is a whole ministry to try to make sure that these kids are well-adjusted human beings so that they can live in this world and be well-adjusted emotionally. And I cannot afford to fail them in that. And so I do whatever I can as a mom still to this day. I still do what I can to make sure I still make sure that if I'm finding that I'm triggered, that I, I handle that. I deal with myself. So accountability and responsibility are going to be what you need in order to find yourself in a world of change. Because until you really did say I was wrong, I said that wrong. I messed up. I wasn't the best person. I was a liar. I, I did things wrong. I was doing this and doing that. You know, people are going to add their spice to what they believe the story is. And it's not up to you to try to prove them right or wrong. Like, I'm okay with people thinking that they know my life story. And just because you know me doesn't mean that you may know of me, but doesn't mean you know me. There are people who couldn't, if they had to ask certain facts about me, that they, they know me wouldn't be able to pass the test. They would fail out because I've changed. Like, I have done the work to change and things change. And my relationships have, have done um, the better, you know, that I've made amends. And by amends, let's be also have another conversation. By amends means that I am cordial and pleasant and all the things when I see certain people, but I'm not hanging out at people's houses, right? I think sometimes we feel like if we forgive someone that we have to eat with them, that we have to hang out with them in order to prove that we've forgiven them. You, you won't prove it that way. Uh, the way to prove that you are forgiving them is when you see them and nothing on the inside moves. I can see people who I knew, you know, said some things that wasn't okay and things that I've said to some other people and I've have nothing but wish them nothing but the peace that they may not even been willing to give me. And that's how you know you're not, you're for you forgiving them. It's not about hanging out with them to make them feel good or hanging out with them so that they don't feel uncomfortable about the things that they're like wondering if you're going to bring up. It's really seeing somebody and wishing them peace. And it's really seeing them and not having thing on the inside of you where you're troubled by their very presence. I can be in the presence of the worst and the best, and it does not move me. And the times that it does move me, that's when I go right back into the things that I've learned in therapy. Or if it becomes too much, I go back to and get some good therapy and have a good, a good session because that's what's important to me is that I work out my own personal insides. Like I don't want to walk this earth and be in turmoil my whole life. 
You know, I'm 41 years old. You have that second half of your life. When you turn 40, it's like that light bulb is like, girl, are you really going to waste this next half of your possible half of your life? And you're going to just sit up in here and give it to like being miserable on the inside. Like when you sit with yourself at night and you're just seriously miserable, right? And you're argumentative and you're just having all these things going on. Are you going to spend that energy doing that? Not I. Not I, I'm not about to sit up here and do that. I'm ready to take trips. I'm ready to explore. I'm ready to see what my business can do. I'm ready to encourage. I'm ready to motivate. I don't want to do that. I don't want to spend my next phase of life angry. Waiting for bated breath for someone to apologize. Listen, I had to get over this whole closure thing. Somebody asked me a couple of weeks ago about how do you get over a broken heart and how do you get over like an ex? It's not as simple as it sounds, but there is some simplicity in understanding that sometimes we have this whole closure thing way too crazy. Like we feel like we are old and we need that because of what they did. I'm sure there's a lot of exes that are on this earth that have done some horrible things to people. But I'm personally, again, this is when you have growth. I don't need to wait for an ex that I've dated 20,000 years ago to come back and apologize for some crap that they said or did that wasn't cool. Like I just, that's just not me. Now it could be layered in the fact that my exes and I don't really have a hate relationship. If they reach out or they say hi, or if I see them, it's just a, Hey, how you doing? How's life going? Like, I don't really have that right now. Like maybe if you would have asked me that 20 some years ago, that might've been different. I might've aired them out. I might've cleared the room. Right. But I'm 41 years old. I've been married for 10 years and I have three beautiful children in a business. I don't have the energy or the fight in me to wait for closure that doesn't or shouldn't may not ever exist. I cannot hold my breath hoping that somebody is going to apologize for something that they did over 20 something years ago. I mean, I've been married to my husband for 10 and we've known each other for 20. Some of my ex are like in between like all these different, the, the timelines is just weird. Like I don't have that energy, right? So if I've known exes for over 20 something years, I don't really have that type of energy. I cannot wait another 40 years praying that they're going to apologize for something they did back in 97. I graduated from high school in 99. Who has that type of energy? Right? And so I say that to say, you know, it takes time to get over a broken heart. You don't just wake up and say, I'm healed. Like healing is not linear. There are good days and bad days in your healing journey. But I just don't have it in me to continuously wait for my healing to take place if I get an apology. If I get one, that's fine, but I'm not, I don't have time for my healing to wait until that apology happens. I don't. Now, maybe you do, and that's cool for you. If that's part of your journey, it's just not a part of my personal journey. So let's talk about some of the things that's been happening on these internet streets. Now, if you live in Pennsylvania or Georgia and some of these other places that have had these elections, you are probably too tired you tired, right? Tired of these political campaigns and all the different things. However, what I do hope is that you did do your civic duty and that I do hope that you did, you know, you voted, right? Because we all know, or at least we hope that, you know, you get to the point where you do your, your part, right? And we know that in doing our part doesn't mean that things are going to just, you know, pop off and everything is going to be great because that ain't it. Like, <laughs> That's not it. But what we can say is that we just hope we do our best part. Like we just do our part. 
And so some of these elections went in the favor of people. And then there were some like Stacey Abram, uh, Adams or Abrams, Stacey Abrams, who didn't go well in Georgia. And it's like disheartening because she has been working her butt. Like there's nobody in this whole nation that doesn't know the hard work that she put in to really do the best she could to make things happen. There's nobody um, who hasn't seen that. Like she's worked her behind off, even if you don't agree with her stance, even if you're just like, eh, you know, no big deal. At the end of the day, it's just one of those things where you're like, man, she really put her heart and her soul in it. And so for that, I just pray that whatever is in her future will just, you know, work out for her because God knows she's been working for the people. So now that we are done with the elections, there were a couple of things that had happened on these internet streets that just caught my eye just a little bit. And one that we're talking about kids was Bambi just said this week about gentle parenting. Now, this is not a new argument. If you don't know who Bambi is, we'll get to, let's get to Bambi. So Bambi is married to Scrappy, who is a rapper. And she was talking about gentle parenting. Just this week, there was a clip that went on. Now, I have not watched the episode I'm not really into whole watching like um, reality television. So it has to be a clip that goes out before I can even know something's going on. But her husband, Scrappy, um, his mother is Mama D. She's known as Mama D. This is when I was watching the show years ago. But Mama D, basically, he confronted her. Scrappy confronted his mother and basically said, you know, he grew up in a trap house and he basically, you know, had to be raised pretty rough. And the things that he had to see and things that he had to endure was basically because his mom, you know, was trying to survive. And that's why I say when parents are in survival mode, I feel like the generation with me, like that are having kids, we're having kids in better financial situations. So the struggle isn't as hard as it was for like when my mom was trying to make it work. And so we have our own different triggers and things that we're dealing with that our parents didn't have. Now that's not to make an excuse for Mama D, but I think the most disheartening part of the clip, if you go back and watch it, just literally look up Scrappy and you'll see it. it's all over the place. The show is Love and Hip Hop. I don't know if it's Miami, whatever one it is, Atlanta, I think. Whatever it is that they're on, because again, it's been a while. I saw the clip because it's been floating all over the internet where he tried to, you know, say like, hey, mom, this is what you did. And, you know, I respect your hustle, but this is what caused, this was the, the outcome of your hustle. You were hustling to make things work for me and I appreciate all things that you did. But these are the things that I struggle with to this day that makes it hard. And so everybody was just, you know, felt some way, you know, some people were on the mom's side saying, you know, well, she did the best that she could. And we will acknowledge that parents for the most part will do or do do the best that they can in certain situations, because, you know, what else can they do? They have to try to make the best of a certain situation. So they do what they can. Um, the other part of that is that there was no accountability, at least on camera that we saw with Mama D. Now, there could be a chance that since this probably was recorded months in advance, a year in advance, however long ago that there hopefully was some type of reconciliation. Hopefully somebody got them together and had a real counseling moment. But on camera, what we were able to see was that Mother, Mama D just didn't take any responsibility. It was just like, hey, it happened and I don't know what to tell you. I think that people get really upset when we try, and I say we, I say my kids that are having kids now and they're trying to get their parents to see certain things that they may have witnessed or saw that I get it that they're going to feel, you know, a certain way they're going to feel slighted because the second you mentioned that something is wrong is now you're coming against my parenting and you're saying I'm wrong and you're saying I'm this and I'm you're saying that I'm that. And there's a lot of defensiveness that comes into that. 
but there was a lot of lack of accountability, lack of empathy that I saw in that clip. And that really made me sad, but it's not surprising. Now, I'm not going to say all mamas is like that. I'm not going to say all old school mamas is like that because I cannot make a generalization about people and their mama and their parents because I don't know everybody and I can't say that. What I will say based upon experiences is that it's very common that because of the 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 defensiveness that there's a lack of empathy that empathy that really does cause a ripple effect down the line now again we talked about it in this episode about accountability and responsibility she took responsibility for what he was saying she never denied that it happened but she wasn't willing to take accountability and that's why i say responsibility and accountability do go hands in hands. Now, Scrappy did say in the clip that he can't talk to his wife because she's hard and I don't know her life story. I don't know what her upbringing and how her parents raised her. So I can't go on that. But his same wife also said that she believes in gentle parenting. So even if she's not, you know, basically can't be soft enough to go, listen, this is another thing. There was a lot of people tearing her up in the comments saying, you need to go hug your husband. And I was grateful to see that she actually clapped back and said, well, you need to have that conversation with his mom because basically she's not his mother. She is not responsible for softening her husband who has been through his own trauma. Listen, marriage is tough. I'm a married woman. Again, I say we've been married for 10 years and we have not always had the best of everything. We've had some struggles, even with just my mental health and, you know, his stuff that he had going on We two individual people coming together. And we knew each other for over, it's over 25 years that we've known each other over 20 something years, I should say. And even with us knowing each other's everything, like I could tell you this man's favorite, this and his meals and certain things. I could tell you all those little surface level things like the back of my hand. But when you're dealing with somebody, when you get married or when you have a child, these life, these little lifetime moments, these moments are triggers. And so she's not responsible for making Scrappy soft just because she's his wife. Just because she believes in gentle parenting, that means that she's willing to do the work to give her children a safe space. Y'all be struggling with gentle parenting. Now, listen, every child is absolutely different and parenting is subjective, but y'all be having a chokehold over this whole gentle parenting thing. The second y'all hear gentle parenting, y'all think that that means that you're allowing your kids to basically crip walk all over you. And that is not a thing. Do you know how much work it takes to quote unquote, even on the baby surface of gentle parenting to allow your child to look you in your face and say, mommy, I respect you. I love you, but this hurt my feelings the way you said that. And mommy, I'm very angry. I'm very frustrated. And this is what I need to say to y'all. Do y'all know how much restraint it takes when you've lived a life of traumatic situations or your parents was the type of parents that will whip you first and ask questions later? Do you know how much strength it takes a gentle parent? Do you know how many times you might have to bite your tongue to gentle parenting? Now, I don't know if I'm gentle parenting or not. Like, I feel like I have aspects of gentle parenting, but I do want my kids to be in a household where they can express themselves without feeling like it's disrespectful. I have been saying this before I had kids. Disagreement doesn't mean disrespect. Now, listen here. Even if I am on the teeter-totter of what I believe to be gentle parenting for my life, I still make sure that the kids understand, like, listen, being respectful and me hearing you doesn't mean that we can, you're not calling me out of my first name and you know, you're just in my face about because you're not liking what I'm saying. We're not doing that. Right. 
And so that's why I say, I don't know if I'm full gentle parenting or I just have like high fives of gentle parenting. If I'm kind of like tag team gentle parenting and I can tag out, but I do know that I'm not putting my hands on my kids. I do know that I'm not just beating them just because of a misunderstanding or I'm beating them because they didn't agree uh, because that's just not my thing. And now if that's your thing and that's how you get to your kids. I just pray that it's all about safety because abuse is never okay. And balling your fist up to hit your child in the face. That's to me, I mean, nobody should be hitting nobody in the face. Like, you know, we can't treat dogs better than we treat children. That's all I'm going to say. Again, your parenting is your parenting. And I am not here to judge your parenting. I just know what works for me. And that's why. I say, I don't know if I'm fully gentle parenting, but I can, I, you know, I double ditch. I just, you know, I double hopscotch and I just kind of tap on in there because I just feel that kids do deserve some sort of respect in, in certain aspects. I'm not telling you your kids can crit walk all over you and be in your face telling you this and that and being disrespectful. Cause I will tell my kids in a minute, wait a minute now, then we got to watch that tone. Cause I'm hearing you, but I can't hear you because the message is about to be, you know, confused in your tone. And they'll walk it back, right? I say this all the time to my kids. Hey, if you want me to get the message, you got to bring that message and fix that tone. Now, if you need some time to go gather yourself, go ahead and gather you because I don't want to have to gather you, right? So that's how I know that I just be teetering and um, I'd be teeter-totting in some gentle parenting. I don't really know if I'm fully in. But whatever it is, I do believe kids deserve love, respect, and all those things. And so that's how we are going to do. Um, but if gentle parenting means I can't yell, then I, I, I know I'm not there. If gentle parenting means that there's never a time where you're supposed to raise your voice, then I am not. I am not there. I'm going to need you to send some hands and put it towards your uh, device that you're listening to this podcast and say a prayer because I'm not there. Like, I still struggle with that. I am a yeller by nature. I have been working very hard to bring my own personal tone back and to try to my best to not yell because I feel like that's not always necessary and you can communicate without screaming. But there are times when I backslide, but I do my best to again apologize and work actively to do things better. There are times when I have to just say, let me, mama needs to walk out of, walk out of here and I will leave where they are and kind of gather myself and then come back because I want to mirror how you can be upset, right? I'm trying to mirror to my kids that you can be upset and frustrated but there's a right way to handle things and a right way to handle things and just because I'm an adult doesn't mean that I can be up in their faces and gripping them by their neck and slapping them in their face I can't be doing all that just because I just happen to be an adult because I can't mirror good behavior by not actually mirroring it so that's just me that's what works in our house Bumblebee tuna to you for all that that you may do when it comes to children because raising kids is there is no there is no uh, book for this. There's no, you know, kumbaya and we're all going to come together. Just there is none. And so whatever you're doing, just make sure that you keep your kids in mind and ask yourself, would you be okay with your kids doing the same thing to a, your their, their grandchild, your grandchild later on in their future? Would you be okay with that? Would you be okay with this happening? Now, Twitter. Oh my God. Elon Musk is now the owner of Twitter, and there's been a lot of stuff happening on the Twitter world. First of all, he laid off thousands of, of employees saying that he was losing like $4 million a day, I think he said. And so now if you are verified, I used to be like, oh my God, I want to be verified. But you, I don't know if I want to pay $8 a month for it. So if you're verified on Twitter, you're supposed to be paying $8 a month. Now, when that's supposed to happen, I don't know, because I'm not verified. So they ain't sending no email saying, come get you, you know, start collecting your ducats. They ain't come to me because I'm not verified. But Twitter is a different place. Now, there's a lot of foolishness that happens on Twitter. Let me be very clear. If you ever want to get to the guttermost of any social media network, 
I mean, even beyond the foolishness that happens on Instagram, right? Instagram is a whole nother thing. Like, especially for business owners like myself who are trying to put stuff out, it's a whole nother bag of how you can move on Instagram or Facebook or certain other ones, even TikTok. But when I tell you, if you want to get to the doggone gutter of any social media platform, I'm unfortunately sad to say that it is going to be on Twitter. Twitter is where if somebody passes away, they post the actual videos of somebody dying. Um, Twitter is where if there's uh, sex scenes and things popping off, there's going to be on Twitter. If there is racism where people can downright call you, you know, the N word or anything like that, it's going to happen on Twitter. Twitter is like the ghetto of social media. Now I hate to say it because it is the truth. Um, but I feel like even with social media, even with Twitter being what it is, I feel like no matter what social media platform, you just have to learn to make the platform what it is that you want it to be. You have got to make your social media platforms, whatever one you use, whatever slice of the social media you're using, you got to make it as positive or negative as you want. If you want to go in there and just be like the type of controversial stir, like there are people who do that, that's what you have to do. That is what you have to do. You just have to decide what it is that you want to do because it's going to come up. And so that's why I have just decided to, you know, be on these social medias for the things that I want to accomplish. If I want to put my blog out there and use it for those purposes, that's what I focus on. I try not to get too much caught up because I think when I first started to be on Twitter, this was again, I think I, well, I don't need to think I started Twitter this might have been after my son was born, but before my third child was born. They're two years apart. So I was on there as like a, you know, I needed some space to kind of just have like adult conversations. I used to go in on Twitter. I used to go in on the peoples on Twitter because this was before like therapy really started to take off really good. And um, yeah, so I was just on there like roasting people going off. I used to have this one girl, We used to, she's on uh, my my stuff now we both have made like dramatic changes in our lives but at the time boy we used to go in like we she would even send me messages i heard did you see what happened did you see what's on so like so twitter for me at one point was just a place to really roast people i mean i would just go in there and just start debating people right off the bat like i didn't care it was like listen all all bets is off we finna fight let's go ahead and fight on twitter it wasn't anything major like i don't have any tweets that i'm like super ashamed of or like oh my god it's gonna destroy my business or anything like that it just was me just literally going in like there would be people having topics and then the topics would get argumentative. Like I remember arguing with this relationship guy. He's like some type of relationship guru. And some of the stuff he was saying just was sounding so textbook and it just didn't make any sense like practicality. So like going back and forth debating people because that's what I love to do. I like to argue. And um, so, yeah. It was just stuff like that. But if you want to find the ghetto of social media, I believe that it's going to be Twitter. It is what it is. Like, it is what it is. I can't make it happen. I can't make it be any different than what it is. It just, it is what it is. So Twitter is going through some changes. I don't know what else they're going to do because, you know, he first Elon Musk done, you know, fired half a dozen people, a couple thousands of people actually. And then, you know, saying that people who are verified are having uh, check marks. And then if you make a comment and you impersonate him, I think you have to say something like, basically, basically, I don't think you can even impersonate him. I think if you impersonate him, he's just pretty much suspending your account. And I think, I can't remember the name of the comedian that got suspended already, but nonetheless, um, 
Twitter is going to be a very interesting place. I know a lot of people who are going to be said they're leaving Twitter. I don't know if I got into that point because, again, my purpose for being on there is completely different than when I first got on there. So right now it seems like an okay spot because it's no different than what it was. But I will say there's a lot of stuff that are being said. Like, again, it's okay to say the N-word on Twitter at this point. It's okay to come out with all this political crap that's going on and, you know, throwing dust at people's face. I mean, you know, in theory. So I don't know. I will let you know if I decide to come off Twitter. But as of right now, I'm always on there. Um, I definitely come in and I, you know, say my piece and kind of roll in. It's kind of like I slide in, in and I'm sliding on out of here. So make your social media presence what you choose it to be. What I hope for your weekend, because we are going into weekend vibes, is that I hope that you have relaxing weekend. I know the holiday season is in full gear. I have already started decorating in my house. If you don't already, make sure you even look up King of Christmas. King of Christmas, they're, you know, they have some pricey items and they always have a sale. But what I will say is their stuff is absolutely top-notch quality. If you want some really good top-notch quality um, items to decorate your house, I tell you without even trying, it will take your house from blah to oh my God, without even trying. So that I have to say, I love the King of Christmas line. Um, they did send me some items. However, even without them sending me some items, I remember pitching to them as a blogger a couple of years ago and I didn't get picked and I finally got picked. Now I'm, I'm trying out some things first and I'm hoping to move to the Christmas tree actually next year. But let me tell you quality, I mean quality pieces of work. And so I, I definitely want to say high five. And you know how when you're a blogger and you go to pitch to someone, a company, you don't get it. And then you finally pitch and get it. Listen, that is usually how it works. That's why I tell people, if you if you hear a no the first time, it doesn't mean that no is final. Sometimes no just means no, not right now, right? I had to learn that very early on. But next week, I am officially celebrating my blog. We are eight, well, not we, it's only me, but I am celebrating eight years into this blogging journey. This has been an amazing time, eight years. When I started this blog eight years ago, it was around in November, obviously, because that's why we're celebrating. And I didn't even know if I was going to get one reader. I met a million reads a year now, many a million people reading the blogs a, per year. I never even imagined that number. Like when I saw the number, this happened the first time I hit a million was last year. This is my, I'm going into my second because we are about to cross that. We're actually going to beat this out before the end of the year. And um, when I saw that million the first time, I almost started shaking because I'm telling you, my first few years of being a blogger, I mean, it had to be like my same family and friends that were reading the blogs. I didn't know how to market it. I didn't know how to get it out. I didn't know how to maintain my website. It was a lot of learning. And I'm going to be honest with you, in those first few years, I didn't have any help. And it wasn't until these last couple of years where I have been with She Media, who has helped me to make it the brand that it is today. Um, they will pull out all the stops, get me whatever help I need. If it's somebody for social media, they'll get it. If it's somebody for, you know, SEO and optimization, they will get it. If it's making my blog, the actual website pop, which in the last couple of years has done a whole 180. I'm telling you, this whole thing just looks absolutely stunning. I'm so proud of my website. I'm so proud of my blog. I'm so proud of not getting up, giving up. I'm so proud of not quitting. I'm so proud of continuing on, even when I was faced with harshness of, you know, 
do I work and do I blog? Do I blog and do I work? Uh, do I, you know, when I ran into a few people who like I respect it in the game, you know how you have like the OGs that you look and you're like, I'll never even be able to talk to them. Like they would never speak to me. I got invited to an event one time. I was so nervous, right? This was in the beginning. I didn't know anything about like, you know, I was so nervous. I wasn't sure like, do I get dressy? Do I stay casual? So I wasn't as, you know, as well put together as I try to be when I go out now. And let me tell you, the person who was just like a group of women, OGs in the game, like they were, I think they've been blogging a lot. It's like maybe a couple years before me. And they ripped me a new one. I mean, embarrassed me. Didn't take me to the side, like legit embarrassed me at an event here in the city of Philadelphia of brotherly love. They show none. They did not. They embarrassed me in front of a group of people. I mean, I was shuddered. And not only did they embarrass me in front of a group of people, they embarrassed me in front of a brand. Do you, let me say that one more time. There was a brand representation there and these people embarrassed me and then they did it in front of the brand. But let me just tell you how God works, right? I didn't cry, which I want, I was crying on the inside. Like my spirit was crying on the inside. I wanted to shrivel up. I wanted to just, I even text my husband and I was like, you, are you, can you start making your way here? I can't talk about it now, but I need you to start making your way. He did because he's just super supportive like that. So he made his way. He was on his way back. And when I tell you, I felt so small. I hadn't, listen, I have had, I've been made fun of about a lot of things. I have cousins that will make fun of you and will hurt your feelings, but I have never felt this small in a room in my life until that day, right? I am telling you, it was the most humbling, broken time. And I remember my kids were in the car when my husband came to pick me up. Obviously, they're little. They can't stay at home. And I couldn't cry. I couldn't even say anything then because the kids were in the car. So I was like, they were like, how did it go? And I'm like, I was telling my kids before I went how nervous I was because I deal with social anxiety sometimes. I feel like I've gotten a lot better with the blog. But before I dealt with so much social anxiety. So I didn't know anyone there. It was one of my first events. And I was so embarrassed. I was embarrassed. I wanted to cry. My kids getting, you know, they're in the car. I'm getting into the car. I want to cry. Don't cry in front of them. But I will never forget that. And these are the same people who have now gone on time while they're having empowerment. I refuse to go to their events. I will not go because what type of empowerment are you doing when you're being mean and mean spirited to another human being? When I tell you it took a lot of therapy because reality, I wanted to literally cuss them out. But again, there was a brand there. So I knew I couldn't just literally like they would have been, I would have been fully justified. That's where that responsibility versus accountability came in. And a couple of years ago, the person confronted me. And they wanted to be, be involved in their network of things. Man, please. I was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, just because I forgive, you know, in my mind, I've forgiven you. I've moved on. Doesn't mean that I'm, we, we, we're not hanging out, right? But I never forgot that. But even with all of those things happened, I never, I may have cried. 
right? I had to have my moment of retreat. I had to cry. I took a couple of days to like get my thoughts together, but I didn't quit. I wanted to quit at that moment. I was like, this ain't for me. I'm not cut off for this because I didn't realize that me being behind my computer and putting out information to help other people would put me in a position where I would be around people who were mean spirited to the point where they would be so hurtful and I would have to re quote unquote recover from that. Like that was new for me. So I say all that to say I didn't quit. And so I'm writing a couple of bloggers that I really admire and I respect in the game to be there. These are people who, for a true fact, I stand on it, that they have always been welcoming, have always been sincere, have always been super supportive, and we are going to celebrate. Now, I can't invite everybody. I would love to invite everybody, but I'm going to keep it small, but we are going to have a blast. Some of the stuff that I got for them as little gifts have come in today, and I can't even express how excited I am. Shout out to my amazing husband who is helping me just pull this whole thing together, but I'm excited for this. I'm excited to celebrate. I'm excited for this moment. I'm excited for not giving up. Let me tell you something. I was doing this eight years and didn't know if I was going to get one reader and I still never quit. I still blogged consistently as I do now. I probably do a little bit more now than I did then, but I kept going. So if you have a dream, it may not pan out in those first couple of years, it may even take eight like it has for me. But I promise you, if you continue and be consistent and be coachable and learn from your mistakes and be willing to connect with other people who may have the answers, don't be so stuck in your ways that you cannot find the answer. So in honor of us celebrating this momentous, and I mean absolutely momentous drink, the drink of the day is is the pink Moscato cocktail. It is pink, obviously. I'm going to leave the uh, cocktail in the show notes so that you can make it yourself. And I want you on Tuesday, if you could, if you think about me and think about Toy, I actually might be celebrating right now and just put a little bit of a drink in the air and say congrats. But I am going to have a ball Tuesday. We are celebrating in the evening, having a little bit of dinner, a little bit of drinks, a little bit of gathering, a little bit of fun. And I'm super supportive of all of this. And I'm super grateful for the people who are in my life who encourage me to the amazing PRs that I have worked with who have done nothing but amazing things to support my career, helped me in so many ways. I say thank you to the ones who, you know, have been there, who have been supporting, making sure that I'm okay and have all the things that I need. I just thank you. And if you can't do anything, share the blog, read it, share it to one person. I'm going to put it in the show notes, share it with one person, share it with a couple of people because that's the only way I grow. So thank you so much for listening to this week's conversations with toy make sure you put accountability with responsibility and make sure that you do all the things that makes you happy and you know get healed like healing again is not linear you are going to go through some ups and downs as you try to get better and become a better human but i promise you if you do the work it's well worth it to see yourself live on this earth like i'm not waiting to get to heaven to have a good time i want to be here and live here on this earth with as much peace with as many people that will allow me to be with that peace with them or have us be at peace separately but either way i'm gonna have some peace because i'm going to protect my peace and i'm going to do the things that are going to be needful for me to thrive so have yourself the most amazing weekend and we will be back next week with Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.